Hey, young world, welcome to the sixth episode of With a Plum, a show about the history, culture, and happenings in the beautiful game. We're your hosts, the notorious R.A.J. Yes, sir, I'm back. Yes, he is. And yours truly, Nim Nim. Want to take a quick moment to thank everybody for tuning in week in and week out. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, tell your friends and fam about the show. We're live on eight platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, and several others. Naturally, we'd love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at forward slash Eterno HQ. And of course, you can always sign up for product updates on our website, Eterno.boutique as well. Now, moving on to a special part of our show where Ross shares which legendary jersey he's wearing today. So take it away, my man. Yes, today wearing a 1988 Dutch throwback. Um, iconic jersey, probably one of my favorite jerseys of all time. This has a root gullet number 10 on the back. Yum. Um, the only Dutch team to ever win a major trophy. Yeah, a bunch of icons on there, and uh, this will uh, set the scene for the episode ahead. That's right. In this episode, we're going to talk about Ajax, the club, and its story past. Uh, of course, right now, this current Ajax team is super exciting. They're in the semifinals of the Champions League. They've beaten Giants, Real Madrid, and Juventus on the path to get there. There's plenty of people who've written about the current Dutch team. So we're actually going to spend a little bit of time talking about their history and in particular, the last great era of Ajax who actually ended up conquering Europe. Ajax was established in March 18th, 1900. So they're a 119 year old club and many a legend have walked through their academy, they've had several storied eras, one being in the mid to late 60s to early to mid 70s, you know, with the magnificent Johan Cruyff and Ari Hahn and many, many others. But the last great class was actually in the early to mid 90s. And we're going to focus on the 1994-95 season of this storied club. During the 94-95 Dutch football season, Ajax won the Eredivisie, which is the top league in the Netherlands, and they won the League Cup, so they actually did the double on that front. That was the year that they won their 25th Dutch title, and they didn't lose a single match all season. Just an incredible feat. And of course, in the final of the European Cup, now called the Champions League, they defeated a most famous AC Milan team, 1-0 in the final. And that Ajax squad, to this day, is considered to be one of the greatest teams ever assembled. Two of the legends from that team being Edwin van der Sar, who was the goalie then, and Mark Overmars, who is a famous winger, 
those two characters are currently in charge of the current Ajax team with Edwin van der Sar being the CEO and Mark Overmars uh, overseeing football operations as the director of football. So you can see where the heritage and lineage is coming from. And the history of the, the fact that you have these two legends, Overmars and van der Sar, both with incredible careers post Ajax and obviously with Ajax, the fact that they are entrenched in this current day team it's important because it really speaks to the history of this club. We all know that everyone is watching the Champions League this year. You know, Ajax were in the group stages with Bayern Munich. People thought they wouldn't come out of that group. They came out of that group. You know, then they faced Real Madrid. People thought Madrid would walk that tie. Ajax dominated that tie. And then Ajax got tied with Juventus and Cristiano Ronaldo and they thought Juventus would walk that time. Ajax came out the better team over the two legs. And we get it. They're the neutrals fave. Everyone wants to see them. Now they're against Tottenham. Now they're the favorites. But the point is, is that they didn't just come out of nowhere. Ajax set the stage. They're a superpower on the European front. This team that we're talking about, the 1995 team and the historical teams, obviously with Cruyff, that Nima brought up previously that's why this is a big deal because Ajax have been dormant on the Champions League stage for many years many uh-huh. many years they were in the Europa League final a few years ago they lost uh-huh. to Manchester United we all watched that what's up um, <laughs> for a lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with the big history of the European Cup before the Champions League they're now seeing Ajax possibly for the first time and wondering, wow, what a story. And that's correct. What a story. But these people aren't just a bunch of nobodies. This is a club that is absolutely massive. They're monsters. They have been monsters. And that's what makes this story so wonderful because they were great. And then you know, they're they're not this big club with limitless money where they can keep mm-hmm. all their players. Even this team that we're talking about after 96, many of them left. Even yeah. this 94 to 96 era, they already lost Bergkamp. Like, they already had Bergkamp. Yeah. And Bergkamp left. And you'll notice that a bunch of these players on this 1994 team, the 1995 team that won the uh, Champions League, the European Cup, the 1996 team, which went to the European Cup final and lost to Juventus. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big controversy still. That Juventus team was doping, but we'll talk about that some other time. (laughs) Um, But even all of them left eventually, many of them to Italy. That's where the lure was. That was the heyday. That was, you know, Serie A's prime. Yeah. And that's why this is a big deal, though, because Ajax were a thing. Yeah. And then they keep losing their players. And that's what makes this story so great that this is entrenched with a bit of experience, Dutch experience, and the academy players coming out of Ajax. And now they're becoming household names like De Ligt and De Jong mm-hmm. and the players that are linked to the Barcelonas and Real Madrids and all the other teams that are going to come sort of vulturing this Ajax team. So it's important to know that there is a foundation for this that's such an excellent point you bring up because that 94-95 team that Edwin van der Sar and Mark Overmars were a part of 
had this fantastic blend of youth players that came through Ajax's famous academy mixed with the experience of some older heads like the you know god Frank Rijkaard and exactly and this team you know Edwin van der Sar and Mark Overmars have very much engineered it over the last couple of years to structurally look like that same old team where you have some of the you know let's call them late 20s early 30s players like the blinds and the and the tadiches but then of course you have the you know fantastic youth of delict and de young and hakim uh Matt, by the way i read a stat on hakim that he takes more shots on target than cristiano ronaldo and lionel messi in europe that's, that's a wild stat but, but yeah, he's also taking a lot of his shots in the Netherlands. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Qualitative statements. <laughs> but that, I mean, you know, that 1994-95 that team was just stacked with Hall of Famers from, you know, the Van der Sar and Overmars that we mentioned. But Danny Blind, who was the captain of that team, and his son, Daley Blind, it now plays for this current IS team, Winston Bogart, the De Boer brothers, Edgar Davids, Clarence Seydorf, Frank Reichardt, who we already mentioned, Finidi George, Kanu, Patrick Kluivert, who scored the game-winning goal in that European Cup final, and of course, the legend, Gary Littmanen. The big question now is, can this young Ajax team replicate the glory of the 94-95 season that Ajax had by going all the way. So question to you, sir, do you think yeah. they can replicate that, that magic? I mean, I think that they will like themselves against Tottenham, but this is the first time that they're going into a two-legged match where they aren't the underdogs and right. they're not even the overwhelming underdogs that they were against Real and Juventus. People will be looking for them now to beat Tottenham, especially since it isn't Man City that they're playing. Mm -hmm. And that weighs on you. Playing as a favorite is different. You know, the nerves start to creep in. So they have the experience, but now is going to be the real test of, okay, the bullseye's on your back. Can you perform like you've been performing? Can you play as loosely as you have been playing? And then you factor in the nerves of the history weighing on you that we've been talking about. All, all the eyes in the Netherlands are on them. They're also chasing a treble domestically. They're in the That's Dutch right. Cup final. They're tied at the top of the league with PSV. PSV team is very good too. I mm -hmm. think 30 to 35% of the starting Dutch team outfield players play for that PSV team. So there's only like four games left there. So that's a battle. So now it's, can you take all of this energy and all of this pressure and actually do it. And I think that they can. I think that uh, they're playing Tottenham without Hyun Ming Sun for the first leg. Obviously, Harry Kane will probably not feature again this season. Weirdly, Tottenham have been playing well all 2019 without Harry Kane. But if they can make it to the final, maybe he comes back. But I think that entire tie hinges on the form of Lucas Mora. If he brings his A game and can actually pump in the goals that obviously Fernando Llorente is not going to do, then I think Tottenham 
can do well. They're they're tough to break down, and um, those Belgians in the back, um, they're not scared of a bunch of Dutch people. There's already that ingrained rivalry. <laughs> um, there's right. it's going to be a tough battle, and then. When you get to the final, the only reason that I do like this Ajax team and think that they can win everything is that when you get to the final, the finals in Madrid, mm-hmm. it's a one-off game. It's not this two-legged bullshit. Like, you just go in, mm-hmm. you play, winner take all, and they're going to be playing, you know, Liverpool, who are probably mm-hmm. the second-best team in the world with Man City, probably, you know, tied for first there. Barcelona probably being the third-best team in the world behind mm-hmm. Liverpool and Man City. You know, both those sides, Barcelona and Liverpool, yeah. will obviously favor themselves against Ajax and obviously Tottenham. Yeah. Um, I think Ajax can do it to answer your question. I think this Tottenham game could be very tricky for them. It's a bit of a trap series in the sense that they will be very comfortable and confident, but Tottenham really mm-hmm. have nothing to lose. You know, they're tough at home. They're, they're kind of dogged. Their players haven't really been playing well, and here we are with them in the semifinals. Like, Deli Ali has been garbage yeah christian erickson i mean he almost gifted raheem sterling uh the game winner oh my god and trippy has um, just been off so, since the world cup yeah so i mean now you know if those guys even one of those guys can get clicking um like i was saying i think lucas mora will be the key and the linchpin to if tottenham can actually progress and then yeah. Son will come back for the second leg you know, I like these guys. Danny Rose is hitting some form um, when he's not getting racially abused. He's, you know, performing at quite a high level. Eric Dyer is fit again. I still don't really rate him that much. Um, but, you know, they also have the injury to Sissoko, which weirdly yeah. is now a huge thing for Tottenham. And I don't know if he's going to be back in time. That would be massive if he's gone for Ajax. Um, yeah. They can really boss the middle there. I just think, you know, it's a special year for Ajax you know, given that Frankie de Jong is departing at the end of the season to Barcelona. And I mean, the whole team is departing. Yeah. And who knows if De Ligt's going to be there, which he's the definitely is not going to be likely not. <laughs> Neres so they, is not going to be really there. All, the, they're going to pick these this team apart. It's going to be pretty much because it's not like Ajax can even give them the wages that they want. Yeah. And when a team that's sort of kind of a feeder club when they see success like this, a lot of these players are also thinking, well, it can't get any better than this. It's a little mm-hmm. bit like Leicester and the way that uh, Mares left and people like Drinkwater mistakenly left. Yeah. They just thought, how can it get any better than this? Yeah. And then, you know, if Ajax win the treble, which again, super long shot, I think they'll do the double. They'll at the very least yes. win the cup I final. Agree. I think the league, they it's in their hands, but I think, you know, when you have two semifinal, yeah, you know it, it'll weigh on you a little bit. But um, and it's going to be tough to, like you were saying, hold on to David Neres and Hakim Zayek and De Jong's already gone. Delik, for all intents and purposes, is gone. This is really their chance to shine. And I think you know what's really been beautiful about their football this season has been that you know sort of their <laughs> amazing ability to just break through every limitation. And so often, you know, especially for for those of us with some gray hair, these top competitions can sometimes feel a tad elitist and predictable in what teams make it to the final four. So, you know, they've definitely brought some joy and romance back to the competition. Even with, you know, Tottenham IX semifinal is just straight up refreshing. I agree. Um, 100%. 
you know, it's usually the same players. You know, you usually have Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona. These guys are usually always there. Then you kind of have, like, a few seasons, you know, you get, like, a bit of a wild card. Like Remember when remember. Lyon was big? <laughs> yeah, Lyon had a run. Monaco went to the final. Yeah, Trice right. was on that team. That's right. Um, and, like, Dortmund in 97 when they won it all. You Porto know, they were... in 04. Yeah, Porto in 04, even though... Man United should have beaten them. It was yeah. a totally fair goal ruled offside. That's a different Paul, story. <laughs> Paul Scholes was about 60 yards onside, but that's fine. No one's bitter about that anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is just one of those runs, and it's great. This semifinal is big ticket for two teams nobody thought were going to be there, and here they are, and at least one of them will be represented in the final, and that's exciting. It's this is what we want to see. We want to see different clubs, different players. Like it's great that people who casually watch football are now aware of Ajax. And I agree. And you know, if you're listening to this, then you realize that they've been around for a while. But yeah. you know, they calmly took like 25 years off from the big, <laughs> big stage. And if you get the chance to go to Amsterdam, definitely do it. They have a beautiful stadium. Uh, but regardless of that, mark your calendars for April 30th and May 8th, as those are the first and second legs of uh, the Champions League semifinal Spurs-Ajax. On that note, wanted to thank all of you for tuning in. We're actually now live in 11 countries. We'd like to think that's kind of symbolic and triumphant, we appreciate all of you for giving us the energy and passion to continue to spread the good word of the beautiful game. And on that note, we'll see you next time. One love. Peace.